Next on BYU Sports Nation, what a finish to the college football season. So why end the discussion now? Our way too early 2018 BYU football win-loss forecast. What will be BYU's best win this season? Blaine Fowler on the schedule on the challenge of men's hoops at 2-2 two two in the league. Plus, would NBA alumnus Jeff Judkins ever pull a Nick Saban and bench his star at halftime as a head coach? We'll ask him in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. There's only one way to do it, and that is live. BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday, January 9th, wherever and however you are dialed in. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jalen Hurts mental strength coach, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, if I was him, I would just transfer to uh, Florida State or Notre Dame at this point. It's great to be Alabama, right? To be in these uh, yeah. first-world college football problem scenarios where you have so much talent, you don't know what to do with it. Well, you have a lot of money backdoor to pay people. Wait, you're suggesting that that actually takes place still in our day and age, Jaron? Of course it does. There have been BYU recruits that were lost for the same reason. Unbelievable turn of events last Wild night. Wild finish, right? For Alabama. They benched their starter, who was 25-2, and two, mentioned like 17 times on the broadcast, as a starter for the true freshman Tua Tagovailoa from Hawaii. So he's Jack DeMooney's cousin, apparently. Okay? He tweeted that, literally. <laughs> The kid comes in down 13 zip at halftime, and all he does is throw a 41-yard dime in overtime to win it in dramatic fashion 26-20. Crazy finish, man. Unbelievable. Like, and that got us thinking, has, has there ever been a coach to pull off a move like that? Ever? Surely at some point. In, that, bi- in that big of a game? I'm, I'm trying hard to remember any sporting event that I have watched or – at least read about where that type of move resulted in that dramatic of a success. Incredible stuff. And it was so good that we're on a high and we don't want to end the college football conversation. So we won't today. Football is king, Spencer. <laughs> Absolutely it is. But for the moment, we should go to our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU basketball, yeah, there's another sport, preparing to host Pepperdine this Thursday live on BYU TV. Pepperdine, Jerem. Another bounce-back opportunity for the Cougars in the West Coast Conference. As a reminder, tonight, BYU basketball with head coach Dave Rose featuring Elijah Bryant, who scored 29 points in that loss to Pacific Airs at 8 p.m. Eastern. It is your all-access pass to the current state of BYU hoops. Okay, basketball out, volleyball in. Vic Durkin high for Fernandez goes up oh, and gets nice it. Turn. Second kill for Gabi Garcia Fernandez. Gabi Garcia Fernandez was a baller so much so that he is the off the block national freshman of the week. Congrats to him. Also, middle blocker Mickey Yauhiainen from Finland is the MPSF defensive player of the week. Oh, by the way, the Cougars with the weekend split drop from third to sixth in the AVCA coaches poll. I need to apologize to Gabby because I called him Gabby yesterday, but it is Gabby. That's, that's like Gabriel, Gabriel, yeah. 
Eh, Gobby just sounds cooler, I think. Yeah, either way. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be that mad. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Jimmer Fredette scored 50 points. Ho-hum. Including 23 of the Shanghai Sharks' 29 points in the fourth quarter. Well then. This marks the seventh time Jimmer has hit the half-century mark scoring in a game this season. The Sharks lost 123-116, but do we care, Jerem? No, we don't care. They didn't lose because of the Jimmer. And get paid. They didn't lose because of the Jimmer, that's for sure. Winning is nice, but it's not BYU's Score 50. ancillary. Score 50, baby. The New Orleans Saints signed former Cougar Cy Tautu to a reserves futures contract. Tautu was previously on the Saints this past offseason before suffering an MCL strain. All right, congratulations to Cy. Good luck in his NFL future. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Bring on the Wildcats. Another unforgettable national championship game ushers out the 2017 college football season. But as I mentioned before, I just don't see a reason to end the discussion because we're all feeling so good and on such a natural high about the excitement of last night. So, Jerem, without further ado, let the countdown roll. Countdown to the Wildcats. 235. Still not feeling it. Really? It's just a little early for Even me. Even after such a great game and we're all excited about well, college football. the finish football. was great. Yeah, the first half was boring. 235 days away from BYU at That's Arizona. 235. We got time. A new head coach for the Wildcats. Not sure who it's going to be, although there are rumors of the Mad Hatter, Les Miles, right? Mm. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Does that make you feel better or worse no, about BYU's because chances? A, a strong scent of LSU, and that still smells bad from last year. Hey, we've got a strong scent of LSU with our offensive coordinator. Indeed, and that smells good. <laughs> A fun thought. Jeff Grimes is on campus right now having meetings, figuring out the offense. This is good. This is good. In fact, last night they were meeting until pretty late, figuring things out. So they're putting in the work, man. Preparing for all things ahead, including the season opener against Arizona. Which brings up today's Twitter question. What will be BYU's best win in the 2018 football season? It is not too early to discuss that. However, it is too early for the countdown. Use hashtag BYUSN at Boba Kenobi, Wisconsin, hands down. That's a oh that's a good goodness. schedule. The ba- Badgers are the toughest team on it. Uh, okay, we, so, so, we, we know that the Badgers win. are the toughest, toughest team. Yeah, like we didn't what? Ask toughest game? We asked win. Just the best win. Like you're projecting a win against Wisconsin, who I believe in ESPN's way too early top twenty five is number six. Is that right? Not only that, Spencer, they return the entire offense. <laughs> In Madison. And the freshman quarterback. What was his name? Taylor or something? I can't the remember. freshman running back? Yes. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor Thomas. He led the Big Ten Jonathan in rushing. Taylor. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's great news, right? Uh, that's not going to be it. Um, to me, the answer is uh, hopefully Cal. Oh, okay. That's your only Power 5 at home. A Pac-12 Power 5 opponent well, in Provo. Hopefully it's Utah. Hopefully it's Washington. Hopefully it's Wisconsin. List those three. Are the be realistic Cal at home. The realistic take is Hopefully Cal at Boise at home. State. That would be nice. BYU has not won on the blue. Is it about time? Yeah. Listen, the fighting Tobias Funkes. It's time for BYU to go up there and get it done, man. My initial reaction to the Twitter question is this: the win that gets BYU bowl eligible. Uh, ne- uh next year, yeah. Like that yeah. to me will be such a moment of happiness. After what happened this past season, just get back to another bowl game. And that'll probably, 
realistic take here, probably be against UMass, the vengeance game against UMass. I can't believe that's the scenario that BYU's in, but it is. Or New Mexico State, who won a bowl game. Utah State, I want to point that out quickly. My hope, Jerem, is that BYU's best win happens very early, and maybe just in the season opener at Arizona, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's 1-0 against Arizona in season openers with the new offensive coordinator. Now, are we sure about that? In 1959, (laughs) Kelly Stevens was promoted to head coach and Owen Dixon to assistant coach. So we don't know if Owen Dixon or Tally Simmons was the new OC. Okay. <laughs> okay. Either way, it was a win for BYU 18-14 over Arizona on the road. Okay, so it could be 2-0 against Arizona in-season openers with a new offensive Regardless, coordinator. it's undefeated. BYU's never lost. To Arizona. To Arizona in-season openers with a new OC. <laughs> Played after 4.30 p.m. I'm going to need the medium-sized blue goggles to fully enjoy... Yeah. How amazing that is. Okay, let's run through 2018. Yes. How and many let's games? Say win or loss. How many games will BYU win in 2018? Okay, this A is... pick 'em discussion. Okay, here we go. The openers at Arizona. Mm. I'm leaning. Okay, that's like a 50 50 to me, but because BYU has a new OC, traditionally that doesn't yield a lot of points. Right. Your name's Gary Croton. But the reason I have hope is because Arizona is dealing with a brand new staff. Right. And but when they have turnover, a tremendous quarterback. Things get Khalil weird. Tate. Yes. Khalil Tate. I would have to. That's a, that's a, that's probably a pick em to me. I think Arizona will be favored I'm, by like. I'm going to lean. Half. I'm going to lean towards Arizona sure. winning that okay. game. We're establishing okay. expectations, right? Yeah. Arizona. And we're going to keep them crazy low. Yes. So that we win. Actually okay, so, Arizona, so that's a loss. That's a loss. That's a loss. Cal at home. <gasps> oh, win? Man. Win? That's a 50 52. Oh, for BYU's sake <laughs> and sanity. You can't just go 50 50 on every one, by I the know. way. I know. Okay. At home, coming back, you're. You have a game under your belt. New offensive coordinator feels a little bit more confident. Let's say one. Win. BYU goes win. one and one. One and one through two, okay? the first two. At Wisconsin. Good night. Loss. Loss. McNeese stayed at home. Uh, Just kidding. Win. Win. That's it, an FCS if team. BYU is two and two through the first four, Jerem, I will feel fantastic about their opportunity to get back to a bowl game. Well, back-to-back years, Kalani Sataki teams have gone one and three. So that would be an improvement. Uh, at Washington. Uh, Jake Browning, hello. Top uh, 10 team. I'm going loss. Yeah, loss. Loss. Utah State at home. Oh, man. At that, two one's and always, three. that one's always tricky, but I'm going to go win on that. In Provo, and there is a measure of revenge on the Cougars' minds well, for that game, Well, there's a lot too. of revenge from last year that's needed. Exactly. <laughs> hey, use any nugget you can to try and motivate the guys. Hawaii at home. Win. Win. Okay, so BYU's over 500 after seven games. They're four and three. Four and three. This is a tricky game up next. Okay, bye week, October 20th, then Saturday, October 27th, Northern Illinois. Now, you initially think, win. This is a team that fluctuates between 8 and 10 wins out of the MAC every single year. This is a team like Toledo was a couple of years ago. And Kareem Hunt, who was on that team, who led the NFL in rushing, by the way. Like, they have speed and talent and generally are competing for the conference conference championship. Yeah, that's a tricky game. If I could go half on that, I would go half. I'm going to lean I'm going to lean win because it's at home. BYU's figuring it out on offense Man. by this point. Okay. Ugh. Okay. It's hard though. I, like when I say win, I'm going like 55%. So it's yeah. So it's like yeah. a, a close win at home. Because of the home advantage because Northern Illinois yes. has to make a long trip in late October. 
at Boise State. Loss. I think that's a loss. That's a loss. Oh, how I want it to Until, be a win. I think I think that could be BYU's best win of the season if it happens. That would be a quality win against because a potential BYU's, top 25 team. He's never won there. Uh, Brian Harson has his team going. By the way, Boise State went 11-3 and this year. You know what we ought to do? A we ought to look at eleven and three. They won the Vegas Bowl over Oregon. Yeah. We ought to look at twenty seventeen and be like, how did the teams actually stack up? How tough was this guy? We should look at that one. Okay. okay All so right. Got, so BYU five and four right now through mm-hmm. nine games yep. at UMass. You better. That's <sighs> it. That's in the Patriots Stadium, by the way. That's in but, November, and it is a two time zone East Coast trip. BYU's not losing. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> BYU is not losing back-to-back games to UMass. That is not happening. BYU is going is to not best happening. fellow independent UMass yes, and in Kyle, Foxborough. Kyle Van Noy hopefully will be at that game, depending on if the Patriots are out of town yeah. or not. Okay. New Mexico State at home. It's a win. They're riding a little bit of confidence, right? Dude, how, how low has the standard gone? But, Jeez. but. We're questioning New Mexico State at home. Their this first bowl fixed. team in a half a century. They win a game. It's great. The stars of their team are mostly gone, and they're coming to Provo. BYU's going to win that game. They have that one guy. Seven and four. Okay. Seven and four. Going to wow. Utah. Okay. And then at Utah, that's I'm, I'm penciling in a loss there. I, I expect to be surprised, hopefully. I hope to be surprised. Yeah. And understandably, if BYU did the unthinkable and beat the mighty Pac-12s as a lowly independent that would be the biggest win of the year. Yes. That, yes. Even if BYU beat Wisconsin and then BYU beat Utah, okay? Highly unlikely. To me, because of the losing streak, and it's the final game of the season, it would be the biggest win on the schedule. By the way, BYU's opening 2019 at home against Utah in they August. They play back-to-back right? games against Utah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. They end well, the season regular in, season games. They end the season in 2018. Reg- yeah, right. Regular season. Against Utah, the and then they open 2019 game. against the Utah on a Thursday in Provo. So this this isn't just opening BYU season in Utah. It's like the college football lid lifter. I'm hoping that BYU doesn't play back to back games against Utah in 2018 nice. and 19 because that means the Cougars went to a bowl game, Jerem. Right. So what did we end up with? Seven, Seven and five. five. I think if, if BYU goes six and six, and makes strides offensively, gets better throughout the year, figures some things out, goes to a bowl game, is more competitive. Right, we need to see progress validated, and that's going to be in the win column. Like the ESPN Football Power Index is going to set BYU's win loss total somewhere around six or six and a half. Yeah, remember how Vegas had ten wins for BYU last year? Vegas doesn't always know and There's no a lot. And we went, we went off. lower than that. <laughs> we well, we saw ten, and I was like, ten. <laughs> I'm not a betting man, but geez, I would take the under on that. Jeez. Holy cow! So seven and five, and that uh, to me that's uh, that's a little uh, friendly. Fun fact: it never plays out like you think. Two years ago, we're like Michigan State is five to crushed them. Four. They were not good. They were crushed. a three-win team. Things play out differently. Yes, than think, and that is why it's fun. Sports people. What will BYU's best win in the 2018 football season be? Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, Blaine Fowler on the 2018 schedule. What does he think? Plus. The challenge that is, BYU Hoops right now 2-2 two two in league.
But first, our thoughts and sincere prayers to the family of former BYU running back Ryan Folsom, who was killed in a car accident on Sunday. Folsom was 29, leaves behind two young children and his pregnant wife, Lauren. We wish them the best. We love you guys. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast nationally on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN. Really, I should say it's worldwide coverage, right, Jerem? Yep, because people have the internet. Dave Rose has a coach's show. Yes, it's he called does. BYU Basketball Dave Rose. Mm-hmm. It airs tonight at 8 Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio with Gregor Bell as the host. Our player guest is that one vlogger guy. EB and J, what's his name again? I think he plays on the basketball Some team. Some dude, I think he scored 29. Oh, uh, Elijah, don't call me Yoli Bryant. Yes. Hey, yeah, you, you, Elijah Bryant, that's right. <laughs> you can't spell Yoli without Eli. That's exactly right. All right. Yeah. All right. Our Should tw- be a fun show today. Absolutely. Uh, percent chance that somebody asks Eli why he didn't take the final shot. Uh, zero, because I probably won't allow <laughs> him to get in. I am the gatekeeper. You do control that, and thankful for that, are we? What will be BYU's best win in the 2018 football season? That is our Twitter question today. At Shea Lawrence C says, in January, I always think we'll go undefeated, so best wins will be Wisconsin and Utah. You and Jay Keep should hang out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. 1984 isn't walking through that door. Okay, let's bring in uh, some clarity and some realism and just a good old-fashioned friend. Blaine Fowler is back in Studio B to discuss football and basketball with us on BYU Sports Nation. He's the Tua Tagovailoa of BYU Sports Nation. Yes, is that is. what I am? <laughs> he comes in the second I, half and he takes care of I him. wish I was that young. <laughs> 18 years young. And let's go there for a second, Blaine. Have you ever seen anything like that in terms of a coach's decision on a big stage like that where you are willing to risk everything and put in an 18-year-old kid in hopes that he'll win you the national championship. It was unbelievable. Like, when he put him in, I go, you got to be kidding me right I now. I thought Jalen Hurts was injured. He's, he's putting him in. and But but afterward, when they asked Nick Saban, they said, what were you doing? And he said, well, it was obvious we weren't going to be able to run the football anymore. So he's a better passer. He's a better passer than Hurts. So we just had to go with a better passer. So obviously, he values his skill set throwing the ball more than he does Hurts value throwing the ball. And so it was a strategic decision based on what he thought that they could do against that Georgia defense. So I, that's amazing, huh? And how about um, uh, Harris, the running back? Najee Harris. Isn't he, isn't, Harris. he spent a lot of time here. I met, met him a couple of times when he was here. here. Yeah. yeah, too bad he didn't come here. He's pretty good. Hey, Najee. <laughs> I think he made the right choice, though. You're ever upset about your lack of playing time at Alabama. Yeah, let, let me just, be the guy let me just say, if Najee Harris comes to BYU, they definitely go to a bowl last year. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? That guy's amazing. Adrian Peterson-esque. Okay. So, oh, yes. So this move with Tua Tagovailoa made me think, well, you know, at LSU, why don't you pull Tanner Mangum and put in Bo Hunt? Like, that thing, thought came to my mind. And that's in a lesser kind of game. That was quite the decision. Yeah, no, it was it was big. And I, and I do think, strategically, in his mind, it wasn't, hey, this guy's not getting the job done. Um, because BYU's quarterbacks, are kind, they're a little bit similar, although Bo would run around a little bit more, and maybe they needed that strategically. But I think in Nick Saban's mind, it was a pure strategic decision. Okay, we've tried this and this and this and this and this. 
The run game's not going to work. These guys are really, really stout. We have to be able to throw the football. This kid's going to give us a better chance to win throwing the ball. That's why we're putting him in. And, and so I don't know that that was the mindset for BYU. I don't know if BYU even knew who they were but at that time and what the quarterback right. situation was and what the skill set of those guys. I mean, he had very well established by the end of the season in a national championship game. One guy throws it better than the other. The other guy runs it better than the other. Okay. And he knew what he needed. Even if it was a freshman. And he's so also, and he's also surrounded with, you know, on both sides of the ball, probably like 17 NFL guys. So that helps too. Yeah, when you can put in a backup guy and you're you're surrounded by <laughs> NFL talent, it should make you feel okay. I would have been good in that game if I could just hand off to Najee Harris all game long. It would have been all right. Let's stay with the football theme. And we have been discussing our way-too-early projections for BYU football in 2018. Jeremy and I just went through each and every game on the 2018 slate. Mm. We think that it'll be 7-5. and five. Could be. Okay? That'd be good. 7-5 and five would be good. 7-5. and five. Okay, with, where, where with, do you With the road see? schedule they have, that's... That's that's probably about right. Six and six or seven and five would yeah. be great. I'm guessing the odds makers in Vegas will put the over under at about six and a half wins. Yeah, I think that would be great. Now, th- there's so much dependent on. I know you guys talked about this, but how healthy the teams they're playing stay. Um, you know, as a team that we're expecting to be like, I think Boise State, based on what they got coming back, should be really good next year. That's a road game. That's a that's a tough one. But if they have a bunch of injuries early because BYU plays them late. Are they depleted by the time they play them? How's Utah by the time BYU plays them? But more importantly, how's BYU physically by the time they get into some of these games? I, you know, I, I, I like their chances of beating Arizona you know, early in the season when I think they'll be fairly healthy. But part of BYU's struggles this year was just an unbelievable number of injuries. I don't know how you win football games when you have 30-plus guys hurt and and 20 plus on your on your two deep they can't have that or they don't even get to six next year so they can't have that and you that's just unpredictable that's why it's so hard right now to set an over under on wins if they stay healthy and the teams that they play stay healthy and everybody's what we think we're going to be that's a lot of ifs right then then i think seven is a reasonable number at that point get to a bowl game i think that's the clear goal for BYU football and anything beyond that is probably gravy yeah, and, and they're going to be better offensively because there's, there's just no way you can have the injuries they had offensively last year. <laughs> you can't lose all of your running backs and all of your quarterbacks and all of your tight ends but one. It was dumb. It just doesn't what, happen. That, now, now, was this a fluke or was this systematic in some way? Like, d- does BYU need to address this in the offseason? Hey, we had a bunch of injuries. That might not be by accident. Like, do we need to adjust how we're training? I, I think they are. I think they're looking at that. I think they're definitely – I think they have looked at it. You I have think, to look at everything. And they continue to look at it. You have to – when you have that number of injuries, you have to go – what are, let's look at programs that are relatively injury-free. What do they do different than we do? I think they're doing that. I really what the do. heck did Georgia do? Because I think I heard during the broadcast last night that Georgia had, like, very limited major injuries all season long. You're but, going to get hurt in football. It's just can you limit the ones yeah. that – and, and you limit some? They, right? they need, you need to be as few as possible. So you do everything you can to protect the kids. I know that's in Kalani's mindset. First and foremost, how do I keep these guys healthy? And, um, you know, Dallas, my son-in-law, played at Stanford, and we'd had like a rash of ACLs. So I was talking to the guys over at Stanford. They've had one ACL in five years. So – how? That's, are they just lucky, or are they doing something different? And so those are the things you look at. You're like, okay, so what's, what's Stanford doing that they have so few of these? They have had no Liz Frank injuries. What are they doing? 
Um, is it dramatically different? Are there just a few little things that they're doing differently? And so you start to look at other programs and say, what programs have been relatively injury-free over not just a year, over a period of a couple of years, and how similar are we to what they're doing and if there's some slight changes that we need to make? And I think that they're doing that. I, I believe that Kalani, that's a high priority for Kalani because they got to keep these guys healthy. You can't have another season like last year in terms of injuries because I don't care who you've got coaching – that number of injuries, you won't get to a bowl game again. So they got they got to figure that out, and I think they're working hard to figure that out. We are 235 days away from the BYU football season opening against the University of Arizona in Tucson, but we are right smack in the middle of the BYU basketball season and coming off a game that caught a lot of people by surprise. You called it. You were there in Stockton to see the crazy finish between BYU and Pacific a loss for BYU, non-St. Zaga loss. They dropped a 2-2 two and two in WCC play. How has that 2-2 two and two start impacted your expectations for this basketball team? Well, they're, I, I'm, I think that they're behind the eight ball now because I, I thought that they would maybe have a loss to a team that they shouldn't lose to, but you just kind of hope that that's later on in the season when you're, you're, you're kind of on a roll and you lose one and you go, that's an aberration, and then you get back on a roll. This is so early, I feel like, now they kind of have to play with their backs against the wall. I don't know that they can have another non-St. Mary's and Gonzaga loss. And 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 this is like San Francisco's a – that's a tough team. they got to play them again, you know. And that's a team that can beat some people. I do think this season, though, that there are some teams – I think San Francisco can beat some teams. San Diego can beat some teams. I think this Pacific team, if they shoot it and can drive like they did, can beat some teams. And I'm talking about St. Mary's and Gonzaga when I say beat some teams. San Francisco – beat Nevada by two in a low-scoring game. I talked to Eric Musselman because I had Nevada and Fresno State, and I said, man, tell me about that San Francisco game. And he goes, man, they just shot lights out. They made 11 threes, mm. and they defended unbelievably well. And his comment was, if they're knocking down threes, they can pretty much beat anybody. And remember, Nevada's a team that spent most of the preseason right. They're a really good basketball team. They're likely to win the Mountain West yeah, Conference. Yeah, they're the best year. in the Mountain West. So, so is it possible San Francisco can have a good game and beat a St. Mary's or beat a Gonzaga? Sure, sure they can. I don't... Those teams are really good again this year, St. Mary's and Gonzaga. But but they're not – like, Gonzaga's not Gonzaga from last year. They're, they're, they're not invincible. If they have an off-shooting night and somebody shoots well, they could lose one. So um, I don't think you have to go undefeated in the league. But, you know, I think you could lose three and, com- and contend for a league title. But BYU's already got two. Yeah, that, and, and that's uh, the startling issue at the beginning of league – play right is we've seen improvement from this BYU team non-conference was tremendous 11 mm-hmm. and 2 so to lose two of the first four is tough and we've been talking about obviously BYU's improved but I've been arguing really hard hey BYU needs to validate the improvement by not uh dropping as many of these non-Saints right. and beating so h- how do you see BYU reacting in the next couple of weeks here well, I, I think that they'll be more determined they'll play they'll be determined because they were a little suspect defensively in this last game. Now, it was a different style of play. They'd been really good at defending threes this year. And Pacific just said, no, we are going to just be relentless with our guards with a ball in their hand, turning the corner and attacking you. We'll put our shoulder down. We'll dive into you. We are getting into the paint, and we're going to finish in the paint. And, uh, I mean, Reynolds made some shots. My heavens, like he was – contact sideways, shooting it up, and they were going in. So they played remarkably well, but BYU struggled to stay in front of the ball. And and they've been pretty good, but nobody's really attacked them like that. Now, there are not a lot of teams in the league that have three guards that can attack like these guys can, so that's a good that's good news. And secondly, I think BYU's going to really come back and focus on that. 
And anytime they've been hurt already in this early season by a specific thing in a game, it seems like they come back the next game and they're much better at it. It's a very teachable group of guys. So I have some hope that they're going to figure out how to help a little quicker and get in the gaps. They'll stay in front of the ball a little bit longer. And the next time they play Pacific, it maybe won't be quite so easy to turn that corner and attack. And so I think they'll, I think they'll get better because remember, this is a really young team and uh, it's a completely different philosophy. Now, if they're going to get, to where I think they can get, where the potential is, then they're going to have to get one of the other outside shooters, whether it's Hawes or Celius, to start knocking down some shots. And I hope that they get Nixon back too, because I think he would have made a big difference interior on help defense in this game. Talking with dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. Okay, we'll finish with this, Blaine. T.J. Hawes has what we thought turned a corner against Illinois State and Weber State. He went for 20-24, and but... Then, as we've gone back into West Coast Conference play, he's kind of faded off again. How would you define his role and analyze his play to this point in this season? First of all, he's way better from a talent perspective than he's playing right now. And he knows that. We all know that, right? I think he's having the hardest time of anybody adjusting to the new concepts offensively. Amen. He's been best last year when he just has the ball in his hands and he can go create his own shot. Now he's the two guard. Now he's part of an offense where you kind of have to be really comfortable with your shots come in this motion, in the passing game, not on the first side, but we've talked about this a lot, but on the second and third side, like where are those shots? And when you get those shots, are you comfortable in those spots? And right now he's still thinking a little bit too much. And I keep waiting for that game where he just – all of a sudden he's comfortable and a couple of shots go down and you see the light bulb come on, like literally the light bulb's running around over his head. He's like, okay, I get this. Guys, that has to happen in the next couple of games. They really, really need him. For him, it's not a can't do because he's physically not capable of doing this. This, I think it, this offense, for anybody on the team, it's the biggest adjustment for him. And he is, that, I do think that's affecting his shot a little bit. He's got to get out of this slump. Can he do it? I think he can do it. They got to just keep encouraging him. He's got to keep running it, and he's got to believe. And, and and I think it can change. But if it doesn't, that really hurts them. Him, he is a third scorer coming off of of screens and catching and shooting and those kinds of things can make this team a really dangerous team offensively. They're pretty good because they're good defensively without it. But they've got to have him. And you know what? It would be really nice if Celius would get his stroke back too. One of those two is all we those need. Two have regressed, and that's not yeah. good. One of those two. We need one of those two to consistently knock down shots, and they'll be okay. And and if Nixon can get back, and I saw him walking around without a boot the other Yay. day. He really helps through it. He would have helped tremendously against Pacific. He's a very good help defender. He gets over. He's physical. He cuts those guys off. He was badly missed in that game. All right, Blaine Fowler, if you want more of Uncle B, you can watch BYU basketball live against Pepperdine Thursday night, BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time. Thanks, Blaine. You bet, guys. Coming up. Coming up, Jeff Judkins went 2-0 last week after joining BYU Sports Nation. Karma boost, not a coincidence. He is back today. And Lauren McLean gets to the eye of the storm. Men's volleyball. Uh, Keon Storm. Fagata. We go between the lines. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. You know it. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. And on Tuesdays, the re-air of the show is at 7 Eastern, not 8 Eastern. So if you're watching us in the afternoon, BYU basketball with Dave Rose is coming up right after this. But if you're watching in the morning, live, it's tonight. Don't be confused.
It's all about situation. Or if you're listening on demand, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Hoops preparing to host Pepperdine this Thursday live on BYU TV. Bounce back opportunity for the Cougars and the WCC. As Jerem just mentioned, tonight BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose featuring Eli Bryant, 8 Eastern, all-access pass to the current state of BYU hoops. Men's volleyball news, freshman Gabi Garcia-Fernandez is the off-the-block national freshman of the week after a standout performance over the weekend in the season opener. And the second game, middle blocker Miki Yauhiainen is the MPSF defensive player of the week. The Cougars dropped from 3-6 to six in the AVCA Coaches Bowl. BYU plays at Ball State and at number one in defending back-to-back national champions. Ohio State. You should go to BYUCougars.com and look at the picture of Miki Yauhiainen right now. It's incredible. It really is incredible. For BYU men's volleyball, let's be honest. It's not really about rebuilding. It's generally about reloading when you play at their level. The sixth-ranked Cougars, uber-talented once again, and what they do on the court is typically well-documented because of BYU TV and the voice of BYU men's volleyball, Jerem Jordan. But what makes them unique off the court? Ah, that is where we need to go between the lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. He has one of the most unique and coolest names of all the BYU athletes. He's one of the shortest guys on the team, and yet he had 28 kills in two matches this past weekend as BYU's starting outside hitter. I think it's time we get to know this guy a little better. This is Lunch with Lauren with Storm Fagata Tufuga. He is on the men's volleyball team. Storm, how are you? Doing good. Thank you, Lauren. We're going to start off. What's your favorite lunch food? I would say McDonald's, really. A Big Mac from <laughs> McDonald's. McDonald's is your favorite? <laughs> yes. We don't have McDonald's for you, but we do have Italian pesto. I don't know how you pronounce that. Ciabatta? There you go. Thank you. So we're going to start off by... Asking you, so if you had to give up one of your favorite foods, what would it be? I would say spaghetti. Spaghetti? Spaghetti would be the hardest to give up. What's your favorite thing that your mom makes you? My mom makes a lot of good things, but there's one thing that I really love from my dad is coco rice. It's a dish from Samoa. Is it a dessert? Oh, uh, you can eat it as a dirt, dessert, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, for any occasion, really, any, any, any time of the day you can eat it. So Storm, how did you get your name? I get that question a lot, actually. I've asked my mom. She's told me several different stories. But like, well, I was born in September, and she said that I was born on a stormy night. And then there's two. She said that she got my name from the character of a book. And then third, my name was actually supposed to be Dakota, and my cousin's name was actually supposed to be Storm, but we switched. I think I like Storm better. Do you have any nicknames on the court? No, Storm's the nickname. Storm is the nickname. (laughs) It is the name and the nickname. So the roster says you're 6'3". Are you actually 6'3"? No, I'm 6 foot. You're 6 foot even? They're very generous. Wow, three inches. But I heard you have an insane vertical. So a little later, we're going to have you demonstrate that vertical for us, okay? So we're going to play Would You Rather. Have you played Would You Rather before? I have not. Really? Okay, well, it's super easy. Would you rather live in a place where it's always hot or always cold? I'll say hot because I'm just used to it. Okay, would you rather dance or sing? Can I do both? Yes. Do you like doing both? I love doing both. That's awesome. Are you a singer? My girlfriend says I can sing pretty well. (laughs) What's your favorite kind of music? Oldies. Oldies? Oldies and R&B. Would you rather be skydiving or deep sea diving? I'd say skydiving. Yeah? I've never been skydiving and the sea really scares me. (laughs) Especially watching all those documentaries about the abyss and it's really scary. Okay, we're going to play this game. It's called the Skittles game. Okay. And according to whatever color you pick out of here, I have a question for you, okay? Okay. And we got red, 
We got red. Okay, red is. What is your favorite hobby apart from volleyball? Ping pong. Ping pong. Are you pretty good? Yeah, I'd say so. Green. Green. Your favorite place on earth? I think my favorite memory or my favorite place is when we went to Samoa on the island of Savaii. And then there's a beach. There's a beach there. It was really pretty. And then we just watched the sunset. Okay, well now we're going to test Storm's insane vertical at six feet, not six foot three, like his bio says. We're going to see how high you can jump. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, let's go. For those of you listening on radio, Storm standing there jumped up to my waist. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Spencer and Jerem, can you guys do that? Yeah. You jump that high just standing mm-hmm. there? That's a confident, yeah. quick answer, Jerem. On the on the bridge? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jerem I, loves heights. I right? don't not love heights. <laughs> I do I do not. Really quick, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BYU score under what? BYU score. Score? BYU under, underscore BTL. Underscore. And use the hashtag BYU BTL. And watch us next Tuesday as well. Jeremy, you were really nervous for Storm that he was going to fall off the ledge there. I just thought there could be a safer place to do that, Lauren. I really do. <laughs> like, I don't know, the volleyball court? No. No, no, no. Because we wanted to do all in BYU broadcasting. He was in good hands. Sean With needs to worry state. about nothing. With Allstate. Yeah. Yes. Lauren, that was really? entertaining. Thank you for that. Storm. Thank you. Thank you, Storm. Good player, I man. Had a storm. Young sophomore. Every time I say his name, I just, I just want to say it. Storm. Yeah. Tell me about it on Friday nights, baby. Yeah. I'm excited. Coming up, the NCAA changed the rule for uh, football. How does it affect BYU football? Ooh, and Jeff Judkins is in studio next. Would he ever pull his best player in half because they were struggling? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. My name is Spencer. Sitting to my left is a man named Jerem. We are live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights. At 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Tonight, BYU Basketball Dave Rose is live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio with host Greg Rubel and player guest Elijah Bryant. Use the hashtag Rose Show to submit questions for Coach Rose or, or uh, Elijah Bryant, a.k.a. The Weekend. And uh, if you'd like to go to the show, you can go to uh, BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show to reserve a seat. I should make the programming note that on Super Tuesdays, our re-air of BYU Sports Nation is at 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain, because it's Super Tuesday, mm-hmm. leading into BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, joining us now is another head coach of the basketball sort in charge of the BYU women's program, Jeff Judkins, 17 seasons. You've won like 7,000 games, I don't know, at this it's point. A, it's a record, I think. It's a yeah. really high number because you're successful. But we want to point out you won two straight games last week. Malia Nauhine was off the charts good, and you had the karma, Coach. You had the karma, karma boost. Had it. Yeah, the karma. But you need to mention she won Player of the Week. Yes, she did. We did. And uh, which is well deserved. I thought she had a great week for us. And uh, both starts of the game, first half, really came out with um, a lot of fire and offensive power. And and really, I thought she played her, her probably her two best games for us uh, this week. And I hope it continues because we're a better team when she plays like that. We were just talking about uh, the move for Alabama to switch their quarterbacks at halftime. You didn't think it was a, a gutsy, crazy move. You thought it was a simple. No, I. Their offense was very bad the first half. You know, when it's when it's average, that's when it's hard for a coach. 
So, I, I, so for example, I got a player comes in the first half and is 0 for 15, and I'm started her, and she's 0 for 15 and can't hit a basket and looks like she's not ready to go. So the second half, I start somebody else in her place. I, that's a lot easier than if she was, let's say, 3 for 10 and she was not maybe playing that bad, but she wasn't doing what she normally does. You know, plus he knew he couldn't run the football against him. He knew he had to pass it. So, you know, they, he, that was his choice. And he has enough respect. If, it, if he fell on his face, he'd just say, hey, that's, that's, I'm the boss and I'm the guy and I've won this. They get $11 million Yeah, million yeah that's right. That's the decision. I've won five national championships the, before. The, the part that surprised me is how well the quarterback that got benched, how he handled it. What a class kid. You could just tell. And, but he ain't going to be so nice now. He's going to probably think about transferring or doing something because they're going to play that. They're going to play. I don't know how you say his name, but they're going to play that quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. Way to go. You guys yeah. do a lot better than me. So, so the, con- the Ray is the only thing I can say. Hey, no, that, and that's a win, Juddy. <laughs> now, now, the context of that situation is interesting because I, I feel, yeah, in a given game. What if what if this player, had, you know, it's Cassie Broadhead and it's DeVajere and it's two seasons and it's in the NCAA Sweet 16. Now it's tough. now it's wild, right? So those kind of decisions are well, tough. Well, the really nice thing about basketball is I can at least get her in back in, you know, <laughs> and it won't not be too too bad. But, yeah, but, you know, I, I've done it. I've, I've started somebody in the second half. I felt like the other person that, was, that came in for her was playing better, and I'll start her the second half to try to get a good start. And, yeah, it's hard. Players want to know why you're doing it, and it's quite simple. My job is to win. My job isn't to be a cheerleader. My job isn't to make everybody happy. My job is to put the best product on the floor at that time. And you'll see a lot of coaches do it. It's not, it's not as football's a little bit different because, you know, it's, it's not like you get to play both ends of the court. But uh, it, was a, it was a gutsy move, and if you wouldn't have done it, they, wouldn't, they would not have won the championship. You had a big lead at halftime of your game on Saturday, part of a two-win weekend, if you will, for BYU women's basketball. And I knew you were in a good mood because you called Shep buddy at the end of your halftime interview. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need more of those buddy moments. It's, it's nice to have an 18-point lead and go in the <laughs> locker room and say, hey, we've done a lot of good things. The hardest part with that is with the young team is, you know, and I try to explain to them, it's 0-0 second half and let's – and you could tell Malia and Cassie were really focused in that, but some of the younger kids didn't quite see that, and so they let some things happen and they let them score, let them cut it down to – well, they cut it down to nine, is that right? Single digits, yeah. Yeah, and that, that shouldn't happen. You, you can't do that. And I, I think that's where you saw um, – I mean, Cassie was pretty, pretty upset with it you know, because she knows she knows the whole thing, what's going on. And uh, and don't kid yourself, we talked about it yesterday and we show you know, I'm gonna show them film today of how we lost that, that eighteen point lead by just not doing some things. But uh, I was really happy. It was a great weekend. Pacific is a very, very good team. They just I feel bad for them. They've had to play us, Saint Mary's Loyal Marymount, Gonzaga, that's their four games. That's how they opened conference play. Yeah, and so they're a good team. They're going to beat some people. And uh, San Francisco is a very, very well-coached team, runs their stuff. They run a lot of handoff, like if people will know, like Princeton or Air Force. It's hard to guard that. It's, 
you're not used to that. And I thought we did a good job with that. Um, but we got a big week now. We, if we can get these two and get this one Thursday, get Pepperdine on the road, we need to win on the road. That's what people are telling me, and so that's what we need to do. At Pepperdine Thursday night, and then you're back home Saturday, 4 Eastern against Santa Clara on BYU TV. What do those two opponents, uh, maybe one at a time, do that has your attention? Well, uh, Pepperdine, their their bigs are very active, and and they go outside and they face a basket, and they they're going to cause some problems with us because of our size. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do this yet. I haven't. I've thought about some stuff, but I haven't made a decision. I'm, I think Sarah can guard them out there, but if she can't, then I'm going to have to probably zone a little bit more because uh, they'll have a hard time guarding her in the in the post. I have not even watched one bit of tape on Santa Clara, so I couldn't tell you what we need to do with that. But if I just knowing their team, they have coming back next, you know, from last year, um, they have a really good big, and so that'll be a great matchup for Sarah. You know, I've kind of maybe in my old age, I'm looking at things differently and say, we got to execute and do what we do best. Now I've got to make adjustments and I've got to do things, but we got to come in and play our game, and our game is to inside, outside, which I think we had this weekend. We had inside present. I thought Sarah and Chalet were more active inside. And then Brenna hit some shots and Malia hit some shots and Cassie. And then driving to the basket. Malia scored a lot this week in driving and finishing, which is a positive thing, which we've, what we've tried to do. I think that in a way you have pulled off your own Nick Saban move. You, you've started Sarah Hampson recently, and it has paid nice dividends. She's a true freshman, and she's come up with twice this season, nine blocks in a game. Yeah. She was flirting with a triple-double on Saturday for crying out loud. I know. It's, she's amazing. Um, did I ever think she's going to be this good this fast? No. But she has a great mind, and she's got a great feel. And she's starting to get better and better, as you can see. these. And I think starting her – the reason I did is I just felt like Chalet – Chile just had put a lot of pressure on herself, and I just thought maybe coming off the bench, she won't do that. And Sarah is a great, def- probably our best defensive center. And I thought to start the game, let's have our best defensive team, and that's that's why we did it. All right, Juddy, it's Juddy Buddy, as Jason pointed out. Juddy Buddy. When you when you called him Buddy, yeah. he's like, oh, Juddy Buddy. <laughs> like Spuddy Buddy. Come on. Hey, well, hey, well, thanks, Buddy. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, you're, you're right, champ. Yeah. Hey, let's let's give <laughs> you some tiger. more karma. More karma, karma. karma. Road win. Let's go road win for BYU women's win. basketball. Santa Clara at home set. All right, Coach. Always okay. a pleasure, my friend. I'm, I'm surprised you're not coming to Malibu, one of you, and supporting us. We wish, man. Yeah, I wish, too. Wish, wish, I, wish I had a high budget to do that. That's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You got hey, it. Coming up, Tyler Haas back in Pro Hoops. We'll tell you where. And Jimmer hits the half-century mark again. But is it really important if the Sharks win or no, lose when he does that? It is not. We do not care. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Blaine Fowler, Jeff Judkins. If you miss any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Reminder, the re-air of the show is at 7 Eastern Time. If you're watching that version of the show, just disregard what I just said. Coming up this week, Greg Rubel and <laughs> swim and dive coach John Brooks. Let's whip it!
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Cougar Show's Pepperdine Thursday night on BYU TV. But before then, BYU Basketball's head coach Dave Rose featuring Elijah Bryant airs tonight at 8 Eastern time. Tyler Haas has signed with St. John's Edge of the National Basketball League of Canada. What? I didn't even know they had a league, I'll be honest. They're super nice. He could be in the lineup tonight versus the Windsor Express. Volleyball. Greg Rubel has a basketball league. That's cool. Gabby Garcia Fernandez is a freshman. He's also the off-the-block national freshman of the week. Middle blocker Mickey Yauhiainen is the MPSF defensive player of the week. Cougars dropped from three to six in the ABCA coaches poll. Jimmer. Fredette scored 50 points, including 23 of the Shanghai Sharks' 29 points in the fourth quarter. It's past Jimmer. How do you say it again, Jerem? Seven times Jimmer has hit the half-century mark in a game this season. They lost, but nobody cares because he went for 50. Cougars in the NFL. The New Orleans Saints signed former Cougar uh, Cy Tautu to a reserves futures contract. Tautu was previously on the Saints this past offseason before suffering an MCL sprain. Football. NCAA college football teams can hire a 10th on-field assistant coach starting today. We'll keep you posted on when and who BYU hires to fill that 10th position. Now, that was the rule change you were talking about, correct? That's right. 10 assistant coaches. <laughs> so many. Well, if, yeah. Compared that, to what BYU fielded in 1936 with... Giat Romney. Yeah, Giat Romney and his assistant coach, something, his last name was Dixon, I think. Buck Dixon. Buck Dixon, that's right. Everybody knows that. One of my favorite parts of this show are the organic moments that happen uh, and nicknames come to surface. Uh, We need to. Juddy Buddy. Juddy Buddy, uh, Uncle B, Bilo, Jerome, Spender. Ryan Logan. Ben Max from high school. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It was a storm for Agata Tafunga for his jump on the bridge here at BYU Broadcast. No fear. I used to wear that in the 90s. Great t shirts. Mm-hmm. We've discussed that on the show before. Yeah. Classic No Fear t shirt mm-hmm. slogans. LA Gear shoes, too. Our elite tweet of the day answering this question What will BYU's best football win be in the 2018 season? Never too early. At BRNCOSLVR. I think the best win will be Arizona, as it will be at the start of the season, like the snowball effect, leading us to national prominence again. Blue goggle alert. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Sean Nua.